You're not cheating on your wife if you eat my lemon square. Your lemon squares taste like ass. Welcome back to Horror Queers. It's your bonus mini-sode, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we are discussing a movie called <laughs> Exploited. <laughs> oh boy. I'm not gonna lie, I'm so happy that you have finally seen this, because I feel like Ari and I have been badgering you about this for many, many months, and it's not that you were ever resistant to watching it. It's just we needed to find an excuse to get you to do it. So I was well, <laughs> very happy that Freikin provided us with the opportunity. And now we can have this conversation. And let me clarify this. So my husband goes on like a lot of like random movie watches and he'll like find like these indie films. So I had never heard of this movie and he told me about it. Um, God, probably back in March, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, OK, whatever. I've never heard of it. Fine. And then you started talking about it, and then you were like, oh, okay, well, we'll do it as a mini-sode. So as soon as you tell me that, I'm like, okay, cool, mm -hmm. I'm going to wait and watch it whenever we're doing it, then if we're going to do it no matter what. <laughs> right. No, that totally, totally makes sense. You and I are incredibly busy, and half the time it's like... We either need a reprieve from anything to do with podcasting. So we're like, I'm watching this for fun and I'm turning my brain off, just enjoying it as a viewer. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, no, we're going to cover this one day. So I will wait because I will just have to do a rewatch anyway. So it's you're you're protective of your time. And I appreciate that for sure. But that being said, um, mm -hmm. I don't think anything y'all said could have prepared me for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that it, I didn't hear about this, though. I mean, again, the only right? reason I know about this movie is because of you and Ari. And so, I mean, look, <laughs> Joe, do you like this movie? You think this is a good movie? Okay, so here's the thing. I think that this movie is hella ambitious and it's overstuffed and it gets very complicated in the last act to mm -hmm. the point where you're like, it's a short, like 81, 82 minute movie and it needs probably five to 10 extra minutes just to unpack what the fuck is happening at the end. Right. It's too rushed. But I legitimately enjoy this movie and getting to watch it with other people was a joy because people react to this movie like you will feel something you will want to talk about it with people because it is that kind of movie i i agree i mean in content alone there's a lot of stuff going on here in terms of just as a movie like, like removed from how ambitious this is and like the content because also let, let us not forget this is queer horror like this oh my is God, yes queerness front and center we've got lots of full frontal male nudity um queer screenwriter at least one queer screenwriter mm-hmm and I mean, like, whoa, but I, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone here is a particularly good actor. Okay. I think it is shot pretty well. Like, I mean, hey, walking into this, I was expecting one of those, dare I say, October Coast type movies. And if you mm -hmm. don't know what that is, um, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was expecting something a bit more like, like, like just like me that looked cheaper. And I was surprised that this actually looks like a pretty solid movie. Mm -hmm. But everyone is bad. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like it's like a modern camp movie. But then the movie sometimes seems to, seems to be like in on the joke, kind of winky winky. And then other times it doesn't seem to be in on the joke, especially once we get into the sexual assault of the situation. Yeah. And, and content warning for folks who are maybe thinking of watching this and haven't based yeah. on our conversation there is a sexual assault in this it's not as graphic as it could be given some of the other content where yeah we are seeing like 
fucking floppy dong two minutes into this movie mm-hmm. and all sorts of other sort of fun queer tamboys, boys in singlets wrestling all that good stuff yeah but yeah i i don't entirely agree with you mm-hmm. that the performances aren't good i think it's a tricky balance between doing this kind of exploitation camp fair because right. i definitely do agree with you that the movie is often in on the joke, but then there are some times where you think, ooh, maybe not. I don't yeah. know anymore. Mm-hmm. I think some of these actors do not handle this material well, but I do think that there are a bunch of very fun performances oh, that yeah. seem to understand the material. Yeah, absolutely. And like, let me let me make this clear. When I'm saying I don't think anyone's really giving a good performance here, it's a combination of it's legitimately bad mm-hmm. or, or they understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, because like we have professional actors in this. Uh, so we have, you know, Leah fucking Pipes from Ugh. Sorority Row as spoilers, everybody. One of the villains, but also not really as yeah. revealed by the last twist of this movie. But like, I mean, a she's barely in it and I wish she was in it a lot more. But mm-hmm. she's playing a sexy astronomy professor who sleeps with her students and is also committing murders. And like the last act of this movie is her running around in lingerie with a shotgun yeah. blowing away students. Yeah, and I will say, though, because I, again, I, wa- I watched this again today. And so her introductory scene, she's like, why are you talking to this world renowned professor of physics and author of three New York Times bestselling books? And I'm like, OK, so you're really successful and you're also a professor at this school. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you can't go into sex work just for fun because it is a hobby. But I was sure. a little confused as to like, did she, was she doing all this for money or did she just really like to fuck all of her students <laughs> i got the impression that she had a kink side because this movie is very pro sex right. in a lot of ways like it's kind of coming down on the voyeurism and doing that we need to be mindful of how technology can be weaponized against us mm-hmm. a la someone hacking your webcam but for the most part you know when i spoke to the writer anthony del negro He was very clear that part of this is based on real life experiences of some of his friends, like Mm -hmm. I'm guessing the sex camming stuff. But he wanted to really focus on the sex positivity of it. So the people who are engaging in sex for the most part are doing so consensually. And we get to see a bunch of very like amusing or bizarre fetishes in the webcam videos that the main character Brian discovers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, when you see Dr. Walker on the video, it's meant to be a shocking moment. But I think it's just that she's involved in this. Like it's a bit sordid. But at the end of the day she's just like fucking her student like it's yeah. it's obviously a power imbalance <laughs> but clearly she's like oh you know she's a very successful woman who also has a sex drive i will say too that while i am very happy to see leah pipes in anything and i am mm-hmm. especially happy to see her take a role like this which again i like you i kind of wish she had more screen time right it unfortunately does kill some of the mystery of the whodunit aspect because mm-hmm. as soon as like i mean again in a cast of admittedly people i'm not very familiar with um in acting circles you open the movie with a webcam video featuring a faceless very sexy woman Mm -hmm. and the second leah pipes walks into the screen i'm like okay (laughs) that's who that is (laughs) yeah because when you look at the cast she's obviously the most famous person and it's not as though independent films haven't done a stunt cameo and the person shows up in two minutes and then they disappear and they got paid you know ten thousand dollars for one day work it happens, right? It's how you sell an independent film. Mm-hmm. But apart from her and Mackenzie Vega, 
most of the rest of this cast is kind of unknown. So you have to figure, well, it's either that bit cameo or they're going to be important. And in the case right. of Mackenzie Vega, it's she's not important. And <laughs> in the case of Leah Pipes, it's oh, she's one of the killers. Yeah, exactly. But no, I, I really appreciate the um the sex positivity of this because yeah, no one ever freaks out for lack of a better term over anything really and mm-hmm. uh, in terms of well not the murdery stuff but the sex stuff right yeah i think the closest we get is brian our protagonist who is played by jordan verhove and his older brother jacob who is played by will pelts they at one point kind of do the like what is this why but you know especially from caleb who is the guy in all the sex videos who lived in this dorm the year before mm-hmm. He comes off as totally engaged with all of these. Like we see an older gentleman who's playing at being a baby in an oversized crib. We get a clown who is popping balloons, like all kinds of very subversive kink fetishes. (laughs) And and yeah, Caleb is just always kind of into it. And I love that for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second he he first finds those videos, and he's like, not only is he watching them, but he starts to whip it out so he can masturbate to them. And you know what? Right. I appreciate that. It's relatable content. I definitely saw you during the fright gown watch along. You you message like, oh, if I found a hard drive full of porn, yes, I would absolutely watch it, and yes, I would probably jack off to it. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, you, you probably would. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me throw in a wrinkle here then. If you found a USB drive of not a random stranger's porn, but of someone you knew, would uh, you watch it? Now, see, you and I have had this conversation before. I'm not super interested in seeing people I know well mm. naked. Well, I okay. don't necessarily want to. Like, I'm I'm not uh, going to pretend that I probably wouldn't take a quick look, but I'm probably not going to whip it out in jacket. Um, Fair. Not exactly the angle I was going for, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but you are correct in everything you just said about me. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. but it's more so um, because, again, to me, you find a flash drive of someone's po- self-made porn. Mm-hmm. They don't have consent. Like They're not giving you consent oh, to watch that. Oh, yeah, no. It's definitely an infringement. And I think one of the the film is filled with twists, right? Like mm-hmm. it really likes to pull the rug out from under the audience. And I love the moment where Janelle, who is played by Hannah Rose May, mm-hmm. she has covertly been filming her roommate, Mackenzie Vega's Lexi, mm-hmm. fucking her boyfriend, Jeremy, who is played by Andrew Matthew Welch. And I mean, I don't love it because it's non-consensual, but she's been filming her roommate and her boyfriend fucking, and then she's masturbating yeah. to it later. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Janelle, you dirty girl. Well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. So there are a lot of moral gray areas or just outright yeah. like bad morals going on in this movie mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. our protagonists even. And the film sometimes feels like it wants to have these discussions but then also doesn't so that's kind of where this i mean again again, i'm gonna keep saying exploitation because yeah Mm -hmm. we're exploiting all of these things (laughs) in a movie called exploited but not doing much more with them which could be a problem if that's what you are wanting from this type of movie but because Mm -hmm. we are dealing with something that is i think for the most part trying to be camp it doesn't bother me as much Yeah, if nothing else, this movie feels like it wants to entertain you. It wants to be twisty and turny. It wants to make you a little bit horny. And it's not afraid to go to places that are a little bit taboo. It's almost interested in saying, hey, have you thought about this? This is an issue. But then it it sort of leaves the heavy lifting to the audience. If you want to engage in this conversation, you can. 
which I think is also one of the reasons why it ends up faltering a bit when we introduce darker, much more sensitive material like sexual assault and blackmail and that kind of stuff. Like it's fun in the first two thirds because it's a little tongue in cheek Whereas in the back half, you're kind of like, oh, okay, now you're trying to be serious and it's not really fun anymore, but you're still trying to keep that twisty turny vibe. Well, and that's the thing, because I mean, the movie, let's move into the sexual assault, because you and I have had discussions before, too, about how, uh, especially with something that is kind of leaning into like black comedy a, a, mm-hmm. a bit, uh, the introduction of sexual assault is some for some people, sometimes you, sometimes not, a step too far where it's like you can't right. make that funny. Why is this in this movie? Mm. I kind of got that feeling. I wasn't offended by this rape scene. If anything, I actually, God, again, I hate to say appreciate, but that we have a male on male rape scene in the movie, which I think I can count the number of times I've seen that on both of my hands, maybe even just one. Yeah, I mean, refreshing is not the right word, but it's appreciated because we know for sure that this does happen, and particularly within the queer community, right? Like, let's not pretend that just because men sleep together doesn't mean that they don't also take advantage of each other. So I, I felt the same way you did the first time around, especially where I was like, oh, this is unexpected. This is darker than I maybe wanted the film to be. But also, when was the last time I saw a male sexual assault treated mostly openly right like and jeremy the character who is raped by his roommate is really fucked up as a result of this like we're not sugarcoating that oh he's just fine like oh now he realizes that he's gay it's like no he is deeply disturbed as a result correct and the reason i say that i'm glad that this is here that in the in just in the broad sense of i'm glad a movie is featuring a male-on-male rape scene mm-hmm is because I think that there is a stigma around male sexual assault yes, that, that where it's yes. frequently either laughed off or brushed off or joked about. And so mm-hmm. even going in back into like, you know, why I, I, st- I am still okay seeing uh, uh, gay bashing scenes in films because, again, I think sometimes people, it, it is treated as a joke. And I'm, mm-hmm. I like seeing it treated in a realistic way that is upsetting. And this sexual assault scene in this movie is very upsetting. And I think... Mm-hmm putting it in film in films period helps to kind of reduce that stigma and show the seriousness of the situation. And mm-hmm. you could argue this movie is not particularly good at that, but just the fact that it's included here, um, I appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said earlier, the film could be doing a better slash more serious job of analyzing some of these ideas, but I also don't really feel like that's its intention. So the fact that it's willing to include things that are at least conversation starters Mm -hmm. or helpful reminders of like, hey, these things are happening. Like everyone in this movie is incredibly horny because everybody (laughs) actually has a sex drive. And sometimes (laughs) I feel like movies forget that. You know, we live in a day and age where people love to debate whether or not Marvel characters are virgins or why Disney is so afraid of sex that it had to shift everything to fucking Hulu for a while. Yeah. So I appreciate that this movie is unabashedly queer, it's unabashedly sexual, it's not afraid of nudity, it's not afraid of addressing the fact that people will weaponize or abuse other people in order to mm-hmm. advance their own goals and careers, make money, all this stuff. Like The movie is sensational in that way, and I like the fact that it's at least including things that could be potentially upsetting because it's not afraid to do so. 
I just sometimes wish, yeah, like it had the bandwidth or the willingness to unpack them a little bit more. But again, then there are sometimes times where I'm watching this and I'm like, God, a lot. Sometimes this like feels like because I do think a lot of this is in poor taste, like I mean, sorry, in bad taste. And so it again mm-hmm. like, brings me back to the world of John Waters, where I'm like, yeah, but like. Right. John Waters was doing stuff that was in poor taste and it was offensive, but it was, again, like, to have some of these conversations about the content of his film. So, right. And you can come in and say, well, there was a different time back then. You know, people should know better in 2022. But again... <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But I'm like, yeah, but I, I want to see more content like that that isn't afraid to be offensive. I would get things wrong. Again, as you said, have these conversations about this. So... On that level, yeah, I think that uh, exploited. I'm a little bummed exploited isn't more widely known, or at least didn't get the marketing push it deserved. Yeah, so when I had the conversation with uh, one of the co-writers, he briefly touched on that idea. Like they apparently shot this out to everyone, including Shutter, and I'm not necessarily throwing Shutter under the bus because they didn't right. want to pick up a low budget kind of exploitation movie, but it is disappointing that. Movies like this where, as you said, they look good, they're well shot, they've got some name people in them, and I think they have commercial viability. Like, I could see this making money. I could see this doing well on a streamer, Mm -hmm. and it very much seemed like, oh, no, the content is too risque. The content maybe is too queer. There is too much nudity. This isn't a good fit for our brand. And I'm disappointed that in 2022, there aren't, outlets for something like this like you can watch this on tubi for Mm -hmm. free and you can rent it and maybe that will have changed by the time we drop this episode but the reality is is that for a lot of films unless you have somebody who comes out and champions them they just disappear into the ether so Mm -hmm. i guess to me it feels like our responsibility when we see a film like this and we appreciate it even if it's not perfect yeah we should try to promote it or get the word out because i think there's a lot of value in this movie like it's not going to be everybody's bag and it could be doing certain things better but i have really enjoyed encouraging other folks to watch this because the reactions alone are fucking priceless oh yeah i mean this movie just goes places like and it goes hard (laughs) it's it's, it's like uh, the first act i think is like a legitimately solid film the second act we get a little bit crazier and then you have that third act i was like oh Okay, mm-hmm. this is where we're going with this. Did not see right. this coming. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't predict anything that's going to happen in this movie, even to the point where at a certain stage, as we move between the first act and the second act, we almost lose Brian and Caleb so that we can start exploring, you know, Lexi's new burgeoning relationship with English lit guy, Tommy, who mm-hmm. works in tech. And you're like, why do I even care about this? And the movie does ultimately bring all the threads back together. But it just goes in every direction all at once. And it's like, wait, what's important? Is there a mass killer? Well, Are people even dying in this movie? I'm confused. Oh, God, the person who dies, too, is Janelle, who is like the best character in the movie. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is the movie loves to pull the rug out from under us and thinking, oh, you know, like we saw Caleb get murdered. No, he's actually alive. He just transferred schools. And then you're like, okay, well, we saw Janelle get tasered through the peephole in the dorm door and (laughs) she lost an eyeball. Okay, I guess she's dead. No, she's fine. We're actually just carrying her around uh, Dr. Walker's mansion. Oh, wait, she just got exploded by a shotgun. Completely exploded. I I do (laughs) like the, uh, okay, I think it's Sierra McCormick's chloe who gets the taser in the forehead <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, man. okay wait so joe 
again, I watched this twice, so I feel like mm-hmm. I missed something. So we get a Saw-esque final reveal in this <laughs> yes, movie. Yes, we do. It's so good. Okay, so basic gist. So we have mm-hmm. Leah Pipes, who's fucking Caleb and, you know, her students, but she was also fucking this Tommy character who is, like, you know, glasses and slick back ponytail hair. Mm-hmm. He's he's Superman, only unconvincing. Yes. Well, and the whole time I was like, he looks like a Sean Cody model. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, half of this cast could be doing softcore porn or full-blown porn. Actual porn, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It. So basically, but she's like, hey, Tommy, I don't like you. I love Caleb. And he, got, he gets pissed. So he basically keeps mm-hmm. blackmailing them into doing stuff for him. Yes, because he works in IT. So he has been able to hack their computers and record all of their sexy sessions, as well as all of the sex work that Caleb is doing. Yes. Okay. So did I miss something where he also has a crush on Jeremy? Um, I think... It's that Jeremy is just obviously closeted. Uh So, I mean, you get the impression that everybody is also kind of pansexual. Like, anyone could sleep with anyone in this world at any given moment. So, it's possible that Tommy does have a sexual interest in Jeremy. But I always, always, I've seen it twice, too. I have read it that Tommy sees an opportunity to blackmail everybody and because Jeremy has this secret, he knows that he can use it. So he's like, oh, well, why don't I get Dr. Walker and Caleb to sexually assault Jeremy? Because. Well, and then, so, yeah, finish that sentence, because that's the thing. I'm like, I, I don't mind as a sexual assault in this film. I have no problem with that. But I'm very confused by the motive outside of just Tommy mm. being an agent of chaos to be like, oh, yeah, let me blackmail these people that I don't like to go rape this boy that. And yeah. blank. I don't know. I don't know Tommy's opinions on Jeremy. <laughs> huh. Okay. N- now that you brought it up, I'm kind of like, hmm, what is the rationale for that? Yeah, because it would definitely make sense if maybe Tommy had made an advance on Jeremy and Jeremy had rejected him because mm-hmm. he was like, no, I'm not queer. Secretly, I am, but I'm not ready to admit it. Right. That would make sense. I always just read it as, oh, Tommy really wants to get something bad on dr walker and caleb and well sure he has these dirty videos they're not actually that incriminating like you would have to be anti-sex work or it's not a crime yeah like they're not doing anything wrong it's embarrassing he could hurt them reputationally but then by getting them to commit a sexual assault on a minor potentially it would be like we're looking at jail time for sure and i think that's really my issue with the sexual assault in general because again it's the thing where we don't have any explanation which i'm not i know i don't always need an explanation but Mm -hmm. the the reveal of the sexual assault feels more like a twist than it does like I don't know why this is here <laughs> or, or I need to, I need to know like that Tommy is just outside of everything we've seen him do already. Like, again, we know he's blackmailing Leah pipes because he loves her and he feels jilted right. by her. Mm-hmm. I do need to know why <laughs> he wanted to make them rape this kid. So your, your justification actually would make the most sense. Um, I'm just a little mm-hmm. surprised the movie didn't feel it necessary to include something like that. Yeah, it's tricky because that part of the story doesn't really feel like it pays off as much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we get this good reveal of Dr. Walker secretly being together with Caleb and oh shit, they were actually being blackmailed. So they're not the villains you thought they were. For me, I sort of set that aside at one point because I actually find Jeremy's trauma and his sort of coming to 
acceptance of his sexual orientation to be a really compelling story on its own. So like the yeah. interactions that he and Brian have, you know, my my joking review of this movie is Dick in Two Minutes, which is Caleb's. <laughs> but like we also get a surprising sexual drunken encounter between mm-hmm. Brian and Jeremy on what we are meant to assume is like the first day that they meet each other. Jeremy gets blackout drunk and they end up fucking. And then the relationship is really strained for a lot. And then there's this fantastic moment where this killer slash guy in the gimp mask is sending people threatening emails, but he also disguises himself. So at one point, Brian gets texts from Jeremy while they're in the room together that are basically like, come give me head. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Come give me your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm not going to lie fucking hot oh yeah no 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 and then to see brian i mean jeremy protests so it's a little uncomfortable like this movie has a lot of issues with consent Mm -hmm. so jeremy protests and brian is just kind of like shut the fuck up let me blow you and it's hot it's very hot i i will confess i have a twink problem with this movie where (laughs) i think i gave it like a full star more than it needs because i find jeremy like andrew matthew welch Uh uh-huh my god he is fucking hot and dreamy (laughs) we get to see him in spandex it's like it's makes me feel like a dirty old man but all of the stuff between him and brian i find really really interesting and good and then it is surprising when you realize oh he's the person who maybe killed caleb and you want to know why and then you discover oh it's because he's harboring all this trauma and self-hatred and he gets outed publicly and it's horrible like that shit is good stuff okay wait wait. i think i figured this out i think i figured this out <laughs> you're like while you were rambling i figured it out <laughs> yeah also but no absolutely andrew andrew matthew welch um exactly my type this kind of short muscular uh guy mm-hmm. i'm like very much the hair all of it all of it um mm-hmm. but okay so the whole thing is i think because tommy wants to kill leah pipes and caleb but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he has them rape oh. Caleb so that way he can then tell them, hey, these are the two that raped you. Go get them and have Jeremy do the dirty work for him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like if I can't have you, then you should be dead. And I'm going to set in motion this super overcomplicated plan, which is going to result in both of your deaths at the end of this movie. Like he's really, I mean, look, I'm not saying that like you wouldn't want to murder your rapist, but he's really banking a lot on, okay, let me make sure they rape him because then Mm -hmm. when I tell him they're the ones that raped him, he will for sure go kill them. Right. And then when that doesn't work, I have to set in motion a secondary plan, which involves a bunch of new freshmen (laughs) involved in their blackmail. Yeah, basically what we're saying is that Tommy is Jigsaw Jr. And this connects back to the Saw universe. Very much so. My God, it's it's like you're bringing in more people into this because, yeah, he's trying to out Jeremy, but also like piss off Lexi and Mm -hmm. Janelle. Oh, because he knows about Janelle. None of this makes any sense. But nevertheless, (laughs) (laughs) so much like it is a problem with this film. There is just too much happening. There's too many characters. It gets really difficult to keep all the storylines kind of juggling and up in the air without dropping things. And sometimes that's a problem. Like if you're a continuity person, this movie will probably not play super well because it almost feels like we need a wild things post credit sequence of like, how did Tommy orchestrate all of this fucking shit? Oh yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, Honestly, it's a blanket. He's a hacker, like blanket Mm -hmm. statement. Like, yes, (laughs) that's all it is. (laughs) Yes. But the results ultimately end up being 
Kugu bananas. Like I was thinking about this last night as just watching people react to various plot mechanisms and so on, thinking about how this is a good time, even though, yes, at the end of the day, for me, this is about a three star movie. That's maybe a little bit generous, Mm -hmm. but I'm also recommending it to everyone that I know. And it reminded me this would make a perfect double bill with something like The Voyeurs, which uh, is the movie with Justice Smith and Sidney Sweeney, yeah. because they're both so cuckoo bananas. And they have interesting interrogations of what sex and nudity and love ultimately end up doing to fuck us up. And I think that that's really fascinating. Well, yeah, I like that we are going because, I mean, we, we've we had this screen life subgenre, which dips into voyeurism a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But what this movie is doing, what I'm assuming the voyeurs is doing, is it's adding an erotic thriller component to the mix. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of hope we get to see more of that because, yeah, I mean, especially in the world we live in today, it seems more relevant than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a contemporary take on some not stale material, but like there's a reason that erotic thrillers were big in the 80s and 90s, and they really start to suffer when you introduce too much technology into them because it just becomes harder to justify certain things that you need. Yeah. Like, well, why wouldn't someone just call? Oh, well, can't someone video cam this and so on? Or like, oh, everyone's a hacker all of a sudden? Sure, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> That's all it is, right? I mean, and again, if this movie was like some prestige drama, would I be a bit more discerning in oh, sure. um, in yeah. plot logic? Absolutely. But this movie's not interested in logic. It's just interested yeah. in, um, I mean, again, kind of shocking, like shocking you. Yeah, yeah. I guess the difference is, is that it doesn't feel like cheap, shitty, shocking things. Like there are some parts of this movie that play better than others and some that yeah could definitely be described as being in poor taste Mm. and yet there's something about the movie where i just i give it a lot of leeway i give it a lot of goodwill because there's something daring about it. Like, I just feel like I don't see enough movies like this. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate it for that. No, I, I fully agree. And I'm, I'm, uh, it's a thing where, yeah, it's, I don't think this is a great movie, but I think it's one that people should watch. Now, there is one final thing that I want to raise with you just because it, it contributes to the what the fuck factor of this. Mm-hmm. Because I got a good reaction out of you when you realized this is directed by John Abrams of. Scary movie fame? <laughs> um, scary movie and House of Wax and Meet mm-hmm. the Parents, like, and the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like he doesn't direct. Apparently he does, but he's just such a weird, unexpected choice for this. And apparently he was just interested in the material. Yeah, he's done two films before this, and he actually is the lead in his directorial debut, and he's a co-star in his second film. Okay. So this is the first one where he didn't partake in the acting portion of the film. But yeah, I was uh, I was surprised he did this. Like, yeah, you said he was just interested in the subject matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Sure. I mean, like, good for him. I mean, I hope he starts directing more. I mean, uh, there's nothing too flashy about this. Although, uh, you mentioned either it was in the beginning of this episode or online, but you mentioned uh, how this feels like initiation. I actually thought mm-hmm. that the aesthetic of this reminded me a lot of initiation. Like, it looked like they yeah. could have been set in the same universe. 
Yeah, folks, if you haven't listened to our Patreon episode on initiation, we covered it in December of 2021 as a kind of underseen gem. Similarly, independent, sort of low budget, but it actually looks much better than you would ever expect. Yeah. And that one is treating the idea of like campus rape culture, sexual assault, misogyny. It's doing things a little bit differently, but it also has that kind of twisty, turny vibe to it. But yeah, these movies both get a lot of mileage out of some kind of colorful cinematography and particularly the way that they shoot things like social media webcamming and so on like i think you have to have a certain sense of style if you're going to attract a younger audience who is really at the end of the day the people that you're trying to reach with these shows because they're set on campus they're about college students like yeah. that should be your bread and butter and, and again handled very differently like uh, yes. I mean, initiation is not campy it's not handling it in a light matter as opposed to exploited so i actually think yeah i think that would be a very interesting double feature uh, a bit of tonal whiplash maybe but maybe um, yeah worth worth checking out for the comparison <laughs> well i like too that we're, we're getting as you said earlier the the boy version i guess here with exploited and then uh the sexual assault stuff is more female oriented in yeah. initiation so you could talk about the depiction of that yeah. as well yeah well, listeners, I mean, again, so I'm assuming that y'all probably have not heard of this movie either. So if you watched it for this recording when you saw that we dropped this, um, I'm actually uh, I'm interested to know all of y'all's thoughts because there is a lot to discuss here. Yeah, let us know what you thought if you had seen it before. I find it actually plays much better on a second watch where you're not trying to just follow the 12 different storylines that right. are in play. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious to know, yeah, if you watched this for the first time, did you have difficulty following it? Were you like, what is happening? <laughs> or are we just making too much of it? I don't know. I mean, well, I, nevertheless, there's some things in here that I haven't seen before in film. Mm -hmm. uh, in that much as mainstream film, at least, uh, or I guess whatever, indie film. Right. Uh, but yeah, let us know. And uh, until our next episode, we can cross out Exploited. Indeed. And cross out Horror Queers.